0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Heyo Raptors fans, what's going on? It's Aiden and Oren. We're now roommates. We did it. What's up? We're live from Aiden Moss's weird glass room. I don't beautiful. know how to describe it. It's also Warren's bedroom. You don't want to see what he's sleeping on right now. We are in Victoria, BC. No, that makes
0: it sound like I, I'm a, I'm a rat. It's actually quite nice. Well, it's a couch. Aiden has a beautiful house, uh, and this is a beautiful city, and I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, and
1: we're happy to have the Toronto Raptors in town as well. I don't know what I was expecting, but there is like a thousand staff and players and coaches like it's the real
0: deal they have like it's like uh... we're just at practice oh yeah we're and to... we're going to talk about being at practice and the interviews we did and what we saw when we yeah we're going to start with what we saw you know they don't let us watch practice because they're mean but they let us watch the end which is just players kind of shooting around and yeah. having fun so continue sorry
1: i was just gonna say it makes reminds me of like those rib like shows that go on the road you know those they're like they go to like mississauga the one came here it's like big trucks like semi trucks with ribs and shit anyway it was like a whole like rodeo show coming into
0: town so that was pretty cool yeah um tons of people tons of 20 players is is kind of like as a coach imagine like you go into training camp unprepared as a coach and there's 20 guys vying for 15 spots. Yeah. That's just such an overwhelming. It was like an overwhelming feeling to see all those guys in the gym. Cause even usually, like as media, you go in and there's 15 guys and fewer coaches because of that. Right. So this and usually also in Toronto, they have like three courts side by side. So and this all is fixed just out. Yeah. So this is everyone is on the one court at the University of Victoria. So yeah, Carsa, it's called, which is
1: also... No, I'm not going to go there. character from a fantasy book. Um, Yeah, it was... And I was also thinking about the dynamics, too, because, like, on the one hand, you have Freddie and Pascal who have been training camp, like, X number of times, whatever. But then you have guys on the other end who's like, this is literally a tryout, right. you know? And so, like, you can imagine the feeling, like, the nervousness, I guess, of, like you know we nurse spoke nick nurse spoke first today and he immediately talked about guys who looked good it's like delano banton for example watch over and gomez is another guy it's like that's important for them it's not just like an offside con- or like a random comment like they're trying out for the team so and that's kind of
0: an interesting dynamic too mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i mean i guess did any did anything stand out watching these guys shoot at the end of practice to you? Well, I'm
1: like, I'm torn. I really have an infatuation with Josh Jackson. I think you realize you're a basketball like loser when like you're really worried about the 15th guy on the team. But the one Josh Jackson like
0: battle? competition. Is that the bad? I think it is,
1: kind mm-hmm. of. I think it's Delano, Champagny, and then one of those two guys. And Josh. I'm sorry, Josh, but he missed every shot I saw. Not good. And, you know, I was looking at the stats yesterday. He's, like, career, like, sub-25% shooter, I think, or, like, around that ballpark. If he's going to make this team – and, like, contrast to Wancho, who's, like, you know, somewhere in the 30s. Like, if he's going to make this team, he's got to be hitting basically everything, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, it's – the FIBA side of this is interesting to me because, like – Wancho and any and Delano and like guys who actually played competitive basketball. Like we can talk about Rico Hines runs all we want, which we did. But like guys who played competitive refereed basketball this summer, yeah, do have an advantage. Like Nick Nurse talked about Delano coming in and being a step ahead of everyone fitness wise and rhythm wise, yeah, because of the Cup. I think Wancho has a similar, like, he, like, yeah, well, he has a similar roof right now. ego, but also the shooting stroke probably is just like good right now yeah. because he's actually been getting game reps. Whereas Josh Jackson, like has just been playing scrimmages. True. Yeah. That was funny. So just for the record,
1: this is my first like journalist scrum experience as like a media. So the, it was, it's all new and exciting to me, but it was funny. Like, uh, uh Michael Grange asked about like um the Rico Hines run to Thaddeus Young. He's like Were you yeah. were you at the Rico Hines runs? Like
0: yeah, it's just kind of funny. No, I liked his answer too. He was like, I played twice and then I pulled the bet card. Yeah, and I guess. Like, uh, 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 yeah. And then they were like, how much can you reasonably get out of that at your yeah. old golden age? Yeah, diminishing returns is how Grange uh put it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um were you surprised? Does it mean anything to you that what he said about Delano today? Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some quotes as we do this here, because I I mean just the ones that really stand out. But this is what um, Nick Nurse said about Delano was basically Ugh, where where is it? I'm I'm unprepared. Basically, he said he was one of the best players. Yeah, he said he, Yeah, I think he said he was about as good as anyone out there today. Yeah, which is. Uh...
1: Nick Nurse, another thing, he's very good at saying everything. He would never he say out. that about Malachi. Yeah, well, man, he would never say that. About well, someone him. mentioned like yesterday in the media day, like Malachi was
0: name. not mentioned no. as a name. Neither but, was Gary Trent Jr. Really, true. Yeah, but well, um, it's true. If you really pay attention to Raptors pressers, you know the favorites. Yeah, like it's just human nature. You can't hide it. Like you can't, as much as you try to be diplomatic. You can't fully hide your biases, and Nick's like Delano bias did come out today. Yeah, yeah, he likes him a lot. You're saying, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was just gonna say, like Nurse is really good at saying nothing and everything at the exact same time. Like you're like you're caught to every word he's saying, but then you come out of it being like, I don't know that I know any more than he said before. But but he did, yeah, he did say that Delano had like the best practice out of basically everybody. He also said Wancho did too. Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, which kind of attests to what you're saying. Like, they come in, right loose, ready to go. Confidence is high. Banton now has been on two separate teams in two separate situations as the focal point of the team in Summer League and uh, America. Yeah. So he's, like, really gotten a lot of real-game reps. And Wancho's MVP of the Euro Cup in the finals, not, not of overall. Like So, yeah, I think they definitely have a leg up. I'm, I'm worried for Josh Jackson. Someone mentioned here, like... Wancho has a guaranteed contract, so he has that leg up. Um, Yeah, but I really would like to see Jackson, like, have a good showing.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess, like, I I find significance in the fact that, like, they made Delano the head of the Snake in Summer League, and then also at the America Cup, like... The Raptors wouldn't, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. And like, it just shows that, like, they're really invested in him. That's true. The bias really does stand out. If, like, they take a Raptors assistant coach for. <laughs> Shout out to for, Nathaniel Mitchell and the yeah. Oakwood Man. We went to high school together. Did you? Yeah. Does he know you? Mitchell? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So does that give you, like, an inside track? He's, like, the one guy I am cool with. On really? The yeah. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Um. Did, did you see him today? Yeah, but. You didn't no, call I, 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 no. oh, yeah. Maybe we can go for beers with him later. That'd be cool. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they you, like a concerted effort with a Raptors assistant coach. Delano is like the focal point of the team. <clears throat> so yeah, to your point, there certainly seems to be like favoritism going on here. Yeah. But I mean, they did the same thing with Flynn last year in summer league. Like they made him the main guy. You're right.
0: Like Flynn's gotten
1: his chances,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm not here to say like anything else i think the other thing if you're ready to move on yes that i'm seeing go viral on twitter is i mean at least like i can only know my timeline i tweeted a quote about nurse saying uh like fred Vliet will be off ball more and said that again today yeah yeah it was that quote from today and and it kind of went viral and i have seen people be like this is going to change the offense so much. And I think, like, we need to push back on that because, like, they put him off ball a lot last year and especially in the playoffs. He was primarily off ball. So, like, it's not like we haven't seen this, but that's kind of what Nick said. He said something to the tune of, like, what we learned with Scotty and Pascal and OG handling it more. (laughs) Okay, like, yeah, exactly. I want to talk said, about that. OG. I know, but I want to talk about uh, that. Yeah, he said we we learned that. Yeah, we can get Fred and Gary off ball more for catch and shoot looks. So the internet's kind of exploding about that. But I just think that is more of the same of like what we have seen throughout most of Fred's career. There were times last season where it was heavily ball dominant, but I think anyone paying a lot of attention knows that came out of necessity rather than like, the game plan being, like, Fred, 100 pick-and-rolls, you know? So, yeah, I just don't really understand why people are freaking out, I guess. Well, and and part
1: of it, too, is, like, Grange pushed back being, like, well, is Freddie going to even accept this? Like, it's one thing to – and Nurse said that, too, is, like, it's one thing to talk all about this in theory in the office at the pressers. It's another in practice when – or in the game when, like, everything's on the line and, you know, you go to – path of least resistance <laughs> um which is which is Freddie uh, on the ball um i mean i think people are freaking out because it's indicative of two things one again like pascal is the the motor of this offense and two it means that Scotty's going to get more looks i think carrying the ball because you can't just have pascal bringing the ball up all the time <clears throat> and i think like I think we all know that that's an inevitability, but we don't really know what's going to happen. And so when you get these little like breadcrumbs of information, it's suggesting that like Scotty's going to play a bigger role. And Masai talked about that yesterday in, the, in media day too. Um, so I don't know. I think people are just excited by it that it's confirmed. Yeah. And OG,
0: did you want to talk? Well, oh, yeah. It? So
1: we asked the question and then he, he said for uh, Scotty, like with Freddie off off ball, He's like, yeah, Pascal's gonna get more reps with the ball. Scotty's gonna get more reps at the ball, and then he's like, oh yeah, and OG possibly. Yeah, like he could have said and Gary possibly. He could have said pressures them possibly, but he said specifically OG, which I think is interesting. Like, even if I anticipated OG getting more reps and touches, I wouldn't have thought of him being the guy bringing the ball up. I mean, maybe he just said
0: that. I don't know, but like, it is kind of interesting. I think if you a look at like OG's career, he's been asking to do that. More like there was like this quote that blew up out of Nick Nurse's book where OG went up to Nick and was like, he's still doing it because Fred wouldn't let him bring up the ball. He kept demanding it. Oh, really? Yeah. And he just went up to Nick in a hotel lobby and just said, he's still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I also think based on what we saw in the playoffs, it makes sense. Like OG on ball, they need to develop that side of him more. He was one of their best players in the playoffs creating stuff. And it's also just, like, I respect the Raptors because they've always done things based on, like, a hierarchy, like, a, like an earned hierarchy based on the years you put in and stuff. And maybe Scotty is an exception, but, like, OG should be above Gary in the pecking order of, like, even if Gary's 100%. numbers are better, because they are, like, in isolations and in pick and rolls, like, OG deserves those reps just because... I mean, A, he's a better two-way player, and B, he has been there longer and just, like, slowly has has earned more and more reps
1: with the ball. Well, he also, OG, has, to me, one of the higher ceilings on the team. Like, the the chance of him getting there is probably not that high. For sure. His ceiling's higher than Gary. Yeah, exactly. And his ceiling on, like, imprint on the game, whereas, like, I wrote about this, like, Gary's isolation numbers are really good but it doesn't really impact the players on the court like he just he hits his jumpers and they go in or they go up whereas i think if og starts becoming the high volume scorer he could be it's going to like really disrupt defenses and cause a lot of problems and so i
0: think like honing og's abilities is really important for that reason yeah like i don't know if gary's ever going to be like a guy you double team right. a whole lot right
1: you're just going to live with you're like, going to live with operations. jump shots yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about OG was, Nick, I thought there was two interesting quotes in all of Media Day. It was not a very interesting, like, it was a whole lot of answers that didn't mean anything on Media Day. Yeah. Um, I thought one was Fred saying, like, like there was a question about basically, like, you're old and the team's young. How do you justify this? And Fred had a really good answer. It was like, I might be old in your eyes, but A, I'm, like, young. In like years, and B, I'm I'm young in this role as the leader of this team and as a point guard, the lone point guard in the backcourt, and I'm happy to grow with this team. Is basically what he said. So I really like that quote. And the other one was Nick Nurse said like the most underrated part of Fred is how he defends the pick and roll, the other team's ball handler in the pick and roll, and he basically was saying that in response to like. I can't take him off the court because no one else does it when I take him off the court. I've always felt like OG is the best, like, Trey Young defender as, as an example of, like, a quick pick-and-roll point guard. Yeah. So why doesn't – why isn't that the solution? Stagger their minutes, and if if you're so worried about the pick-and-roll, have OG defend the ball handler.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Or and I think I think they'll want Banton to do that too. And I think Banton could probably like um, salvage that. But yeah, I think he can do that Banton, but he can't maybe stay on the floor offensively. Well, and that's the kind of the problem I yeah. think. I mean, it, yeah, it it probably depends on the, the the players you're playing only or the teams you're playing only because OG's also best suited to guard the best wing player on the team too. Um so if you shift yeah. him a ball of attack, then you're kind of you're risking yeah. him not being there for.
0: Uh, and the best centers like that—that's why he hasn't done it a lot. But I think now you have Precious and you have Scotty. Yeah, you just have more guys to do those jobs. I really, uh,
1: I really like the the first quote about the the age thing because it is really interesting. Yeah. And I'm I'm writing about this for tomorrow about like we now have two veterans in Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr. and I kind of, kind of find it kind of funny calling Otto Porter Jr. a veteran too, because he's not that old either. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but, we got dogs oh, coming in. We got
1: dog visits. Here we go. Let's go. Um, What's up, doggies? Um, I should close that back door. Let's yeah. go. Let's get out of we'll, here. We'll shoot them out Let's while go, I talk.
0: Sure. Let's go. But yeah,
1: so I think Freddie, like last year. Last year, Freddie and Pascal, like, take over the reins of this team and they're they're kids virtually, right? Like, they're young in this role. And so it's going to be interesting. Or, like, I think when people talk about Pascal and Freddie not fitting our timeline because of guys like Scotty, it's like a misnomer because someone tweeted yesterday that Kyle Lowry won his first or got his first all-star, I think, the same age as Freddie this year. Is that right? I think that was right. So it's like they're still young as players. They're still young in these vet, this veteran leadership role. So that's why I've always disagreed with the idea that, A, it's not the same timeline for them, Scotty, and, B, that we've hit some kind of, like, plateau or ceiling with these guys. It's like they're really actually just yeah. entering their prime as players, as men, as, like, athletes, like all
0: of those mm-hmm. things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that was an interesting quote yesterday from him. Yeah, that's always pissed me off because, I mean, like every championship team has had a wild mix of ages. But the only way that I understand that line of thinking where like everyone has to be on the same team is when the older guys get frustrated at the like lack of patience. They, you know, like that's when I understand it. Like, okay, you might need to get out ahead of trading Shea Gilgis-Alexander if he's going to eventually demand a trade because you haven't put anything around him. Yeah. But this is different. This is like, first of all, Fred is like clearly saying like, I'm happy to like build this together. And yeah, it's just a different circumstance. Which is important because he's not resigned. Yeah. I'm not too worried about him. No, but it is important. But yeah, like that's what I'm saying. it's, It's like the character of your guys. It's like, are they willing to wait? The older guys? And if they are, then it doesn't really matter if they're a few years older. I agree and I
1: think they they also recognize that Scotty is potentially like a superstar and so I think it would be different if this the grass is not always greener yeah Yeah. and I I think they know that they have a lot of room to grow themselves but as a team Um, and I was going to say something else but I can't remember now
0: nice yeah should we move on to the depth, or you want to talk the vet? Vets, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, we touched on the vets a little bit. So, the, so the at the presser today, for those who
1: didn't see it, it was Nick Nurse, then it was Thaddeus Young, then it was Otto Porter Jr. So, you know, three of the older, like, present the
0: people of on the team, right? So, the yeah, vets, I guess Thad's not that much younger than Nick. No, nah. how old is Nick? Uh Early forties. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would think.
1: He, yeah, he looked, yeah. And dad's that's 35. Something like that. Let's say that. Let's say I think that. he's 88, 1988. So he's 34, maybe. Anyway, so the, the theme, the theme was like veteran leadership. And I, I think, I think that like, so that was something that we lacked last year. And going back to what Freddie was saying about being young, like we basically had, Freddie and Pascal being the leaders of a team that was like, you know, shedding their old self with Kyle Lowry and Ibaka and everybody else and starting a new and starting fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's difficult for a team to kind of find their bearings on who they are and their identity. And then to step into that role as a leader when previously you weren't exactly the voice in the room, you kind of were. Um, and, and then on top of that, you don't necessarily have the lived experience that a lot of veterans have like, bring to the locker room. So now you've got Thad, who's been around the world around the league and you have Otto, who's a champion um, recently. So I think, I think that's like an underrated uh, acquisition having both of those
0: guys just like in and around the team. Yeah. In hindsight, it's crazy that they went into last season with no one older than for, I guess, Goron. That's actually why they, at least the way they said it, they wanted to keep Goron in that trade and not like wave him or anything was because the veteran leadership. That's mostly what they talked about. And then he was just like, I'm the not opposite. he's just an asshole, basically. He was just like, I'm not gonna lead if you don't start me. You know? So anyways, that didn't work out. But it, it is wild in hindsight that they had for most of last season, Fred was the only like older like Pascal too, but you know Pascal's not really like a, a very vocal leader. So Yeah.
1: We we talked about this earlier. The Rico Hines run. They, they Rico goes to Pascal, and everybody knows Pascal does like is shy, right? Like it's all like a big joke, and Pascal barely says anything. He's like gets all like awkward and and nervous. And so like you you do wonder. And there are those guys. Like I've heard Al Horford's kind of like that, where like he doesn't really say much. Like mm-hmm. his, his presence is more like from a like a like an action perspective i don't know i'm sure freddie's pretty vocal but yeah and i was trying to get to this today when i was asking that and auto like what are their styles because i think there still could be like a, a prominent like veteran voice for this team that would be really important and yeah beneficial
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about, like, the depth because everyone's saying, like, this is the deepest team in many years, maybe since the championship team for the Raptors. And I just remember last year, we, like, went into the – someone asked Nick at the beginning of last year, like, how do you feel about the depth? And he's like, oh, way better than last season, talking about the Tampa season, so sure – but it was also like clearly not good enough to play more than seven guys for him. So I don't take like that at face value with him just being like the depth is great. And it's not like he said that anyway. He was saying though, like in the modern NBA, today he was saying like you need like you don't need nine guys anymore, you need like 13 to yeah. play because of injuries and whatever, whatnot. Yeah, what why? I think cause so many more guys get injured is the main thing. And maybe just because you play so many games, like some guys need rest days and stuff like that, and you travel so much. I kind of took it the opposite way in that, like,
1: there's so much skill in the league that you almost, Mm -hmm. like so many guys need minutes to kind of,
0: like, prove themselves or hone their skills. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's so much skill that you need different guys to go against different Well, there's that too. But the way
1: he phrased it to me, I thought he was talking about, like, Yeah, like Banton needs minutes. Like, I I can't not play him because he needs to be good. Yeah. Well, because he's the potential to be very, to be like an effective player. But, like, yeah. Whereas in the old NBA, it's just like, you don't get minutes until you prove yourself in practice when you're actually like
0: legit. You know, like
1: there was, yeah, more
0: structure. I guess just like, let's talk about the depth though, because like, okay, let's talk about how good is the Raptors' depth on a scale of one to 10? Well, because.
1: Like yeah. we're talking about it like we're
0: we're talking about the clippers or the pelicans, and it's not on that level, in my opinion.
1: Well, so <clears throat> who's your starting five? we what? no one asked Nurse that today which we were talking about. Yeah, or yeah, or on media day, which is frustrating. I guess we might have to do it. Our um, one it should question, be our jobs. Yeah, but, we get one question in the scrub, like yeah. I'm we're not gonna burn it on the one that he's probably
0: I'll I'll most. do it by the end of the week if no one does. I'll make that promise right here. Okay. But right uh um, Regardless of the starting five like let's just say it's the same starting five as last year. And then you have So that's your that's who you're choosing? No Who are you choosing? Precious. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Okay, and then we got Gary. Um Thad. Boucher. Okay. Thad, Otto. Are are the nine for
1: sure. That's like that's like a playoff nine. Yeah. Like right now you could run that in the in the playoffs. And
0: then after that, you got Kem, Malachi, Delano, and maybe Justin Champagne, I would say are the top thirteen. I think early on,
1: I think early on, you're going to see Wancho play like the ways they try to get Spi involved to see like, yeah, is this a is this a trade deadline guy or is this a, like um, a guy who can have an impact? So, what would you rate that out of ten? Well. The only reason why I would rank it lower is what I wrote about the other day for Raptors Republic is that there's no guards on that, that bench, like that you, Gary, trust. That you really trust. Like Gary's, Gary's not a ball handling guard in the in the, the, the sense I'm talking about. I think Malachi showed before he hurt his hamstring last year that he, he could be that guy, especially in the regular season. Um, so I'm a little bit hopeful for him, but, but, Assuming him and, da- and Banton are unproven, like, the the depth, again, for the playoffs is good because, you, you like, we're fine. Sure. Um, But I that's the one place we're kind of lacking, shooting and ball handling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, before we get into the playoffs, I think, like, that's the point is that there could be great depth on this team, but it is still a question as of right now. There's just too many questions in those people I named. Malachi is a big question. We've seen it in really small sc- Spurts, but never, like, over the course of a long period of time. Yeah. Delano, we've never really seen in, like, a bigger role have success in the NBA. Trent, I think, comes and goes, at least last season. Like, yeah. him and Precious, I should be fair. <laughs> him and Precious come and go. Some games, they're going to be good. Some games, you're literally not going to know they've yeah. played. I think
1: we're counting Precious as a, as a, for sure, for sure, a little too much now.
0: I just think his trajectory compared to Trent's is, like, so much... Like on the yeah, but incline you, you compared see, to Trent last season, but
1: 100%. But you see on those trajectories very quickly, it plateaus for for a period of time, right? Yeah, like, it can. Like, yeah. So I think I'm just saying, like, when we're talking about him and his contributions, I think we're giving
0: him almost too much credit now.
1: I'm hopeful. Oh, bro, I am for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty,
0: yeah. I'm pretty sucked. Yeah, I'm buying, I'm buying in, I'm buying his stock and Alano's stock. If if I can buy two young player stocks, who are you buying? Scott he doesn't count up. We talked about this. I'm buying Champagne stock. I like that. I like he's yeah. I like him too.
1: But the problem for him is that Otto Porter Jr. just took his his minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of similar players in a lot of ways. Champagne's more athletic. Yeah. It'll be it's interesting true. to see if Champagne develops any kind of ball handling or creation. Um, but I, I think he sticks somewhere if it's not the Raptors.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: and then who, who's your second? Oh, um, you could take Josh Jackson. <laughs> I, I think Flynn's gonna. I think Flynn's gonna prove himself. Yeah, I think I, like he still might get traded, but I think he's gonna play. Like if he can stay healthy, I think he's gonna give us good minutes.
0: I kind of agree. Like I said, this I was talking to, on Will Lu's show. Like if if I had to pick a point guard for next season to get more minutes, it would be Malachi. Long term, I like Delano, but he is raw. Like he is a little worried about Delano. He's right? much more raw. You want to talk about Delano?
1: I just—he's giving me Michael Carter Williams vibes. What do you expand on that? You well, it, like great up and down guy in transition, particularly has has a, a nose to pass the ball, which Michael Carter Williams was really good at. One Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. but just like in half court, is, like Alfred Payton, same kind of thing. In half court is a dud. Can't shoot. He's his shooting is coming along. I'll give him mm-hmm. that. But I'm just really worried that if he can't if he can't attack guys in like from a still position, he's going to have a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, he needs to either improve a lot as a shooter. Which, like I was saying, how his shooting got a lot better. But like I did not believe in it at all coming into him being drafted, and I still don't really like completely believe in it i more so believe in because i think it's either shooting or like pick and roll and like face up and like posting up smaller guards and just like finding other ways to attack in the half court yeah. and that stuff i'm actually really confident in because the face up game has gotten a lot better his ball handling has gotten a lot better in a short period of time and, and i think he's a different level of passer than michael carter williams honestly so yeah we well, yeah.
1: I mean, you did see in summer league he was way more confident face-up dribbling. Yeah. which
0: Which is important. And my thing with Delano has always been the passing. It's like we haven't really seen it in a Raptors uniform because the ball handling is so bad and so the pressure gets to him. But, like, you saw it in college a lot more. Like, he is a pretty insane court visionist. He knows where every guy is at all times. And he can make every pass because of his size. So. I think that's the underrated part of his game.
1: Well, even in his turnovers, you see it. I, I was saying yeah. like people aren't ready for the ball. Exactly. The it's like he's seeing a pass in a different dimension and it's it's wrong. Like it's wrong ultimately because it's a turnover, but it's right in the fact that he saw
0: something that was there that didn't actually manifest.
1: Yeah. The, his, yeah.
0: Like Christian Coloco in Summer League dropped like nine of his passes. Just yeah. not, like, expecting the ball at all.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I, like, I I really hope he succeeds, but I'm just a little bit hesitant to, like, to vest my starting
0: backup guard into Delano and... Ben. And then the other thing I wanted to say about the depth is, like, Otto and Thad, one has a long injury history, and the other has, is just older. And we saw him lose a step last season. So... As as that's the other question when it comes to like the depth being really good, is like maybe the young guys do take a step and they prove to be worthy and and reliable, but maybe those guys are now not as spry or not as injury proof as we hope. So I guess that's why I have questions. Yeah, we talked about this on the drive home. Like Otto
1: Porter Jr. for the last two years before Golden State was riddled with injuries. Like he barely played. And when he did play, he barely moved. And I I would be interested to know, and I didn't want to use my one question on this, but what changed in his, like, how he approached the game so that he could get healthy. And whatever, I'm just worried that, like, maybe yet last year was an anomaly, and this year we could be, you know, betrayed by that. I think the other thing about him is he's a great player. He, he's one of those guys that, like, if... Kind of like Utah Watnabi where like I think when he's surrounded by really good players, he boosts the whole of the team. But when he's playing with lesser players, he's kind of like a non-existent dude. And so I don't know if if him coming off the bench is necessarily the best thing. Like he might be better served playing beside Pascal and and
0: Freddie. That's a good point, but I actually think Thad and I've kind of talked about this on our shows, but I think Thad will be that facilitator in those like bench every minutes yeah and he him and Otto and Boucher I really like that threesome because Boucher is the rim runner Thad's the organizer and then Otto is the spot-up shooter say it one more time Thad is the facilitator yeah Boucher is the rim runner yeah and then Otto is the spot-up shooter yeah
1: and I think I think Scotty will probably. I like. I, mean, yeah, it'll I be think one of the I think their backup guard will be Scotty. Like I feel like he'll play second unit as kind of the like ball handler,
0: unless uh, Gary comes off the bench.
1: Well, the, I think the two of them will
0: play together. Like that's a great lineup. When I was writing, it's a lot of size with that smaller backcourt.
1: Yeah, it's great. I was saying like if you, Trent should be six man, and with him, I actually had Thad in the starting lineup, and then sh- I think it should be Gary. Precious, Boucher, auto,
0: and then you throw in an, uh, one of the starters. I just want a center in there.
1: That is a center.
0: No, that that can't guard and beat as well as Precious can guard and beat. Yeah, maybe. Or switch as well as Precious can switch. Like that gets beaten on switches by guards a lot, and they like to switch like everything. that's true. I, I don't think. And also I don't think that can handle like starter
1: minutes. Well, but you don't need to be starter minutes. I mean, the whole the the thing about like this discussion
0: is more about like uh, balancing lineups.
1: Like, yeah, but know. the only reason it
0: makes sense to me to change the starting lineup is if you're getting like a big in there, like a like a precious or one day Coloco, maybe, but obviously not yet.
1: I just think that there's like with touches and usage, Precious and Gary need like more room to breathe. And if you put yeah, Precious as the fifth guy. Katie yeah, what's that?
0: Precious KD. Yeah, exactly. He needs,
1: yeah. To, he needs to feast. He does need to feast. And if you put him on the starting lineup, he's the fifth option. And I, and I would be mad at Precious. Like, stop taking the ball. Give it to our four other guys who can do more than you. So I just kind of think he makes more sense off the bench. To give Thad, like, the nominal five, six minutes starting lineup. Depending who you're playing. That's the thing about the Raptors. Um, by the way, did you tweet this? Yeah. Zarar, now that we know that his as name facilitator too, is
0: wild. No, he's he's a good he's a hub. Not a not a yeah, like not like a ball handling facilitator, but like a Sol type of facilitator. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Elbow guy.
1: Yeah. Literal elbows at the elbow. Yeah. Heyman and Boucher have like a really great
0: dynamic. Yeah. Um any other topics you wanted to get to? um do we cover everything vibes what were your vibes of the place that's what i was gonna ask you i mean i have have an answer if you don't yeah you start well i what were your impressions too of just like your first time there? i mean i
1: don't get excited about a lot of things and i was exhilarated the entire time i came home like talking to my girlfriend like a mile a minute Part, part of it was the coffee but like i don't know it's pretty cool you have like you got Jonesy and Devlin walking behind you, like, just... By the way, Devlin walks around like he's godfather of, like, media. He just... Like, he's not even, he's not even listening, really. He's just kind of waltzing around doing his thing. Yeah. And, he, I mean, you like, you get to see all the writers you read. Um You see the size of, like, the NBA players and, like, the number of coaches and development coaches that are around doing things. Like, I don't know. The whole, like... Specter of it was just like awe-inspiring, I guess, or aweing. Yeah, but the vibe, which is also what I'm going to talk about in my piece today, is confidence. Like there feels like I feel like this team really kind of has expectations. Like the fact that that and Otto are there, um, the fact that Nurse is talking about depth. Like I, I think they expect to turn a corner this year uh, more than most would
0: anticipate. Definitely more than people around the NBA anticipate, yeah. I think the other thing with Vibes is, like, I think it was the same way last year, but, like, they, I think they're very, like, intel- intentional and smart about, like, the way that they construct, like, just a family atmosphere and, like, guys that get along in who they draft and, and like, and then how they bring them together. And, like, Thad and Auto is a great example because I didn't know they were, like, best friends. And yeah. they are, they're just, like, Thad was saying that he's one of his best friends in the league, his a yeah. porter, and they played together in Chicago. Chicago, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, those two are a good example of, of just, like, the friendships on that team, and then Delano and Justin Champeni, those guys are really close, you can tell, like, watching the, the open gym stuff and all that kind of stuff.
1: We got Wancho and Scalario like, connection, too. I don't think he's here anymore. No, no I know, but, like... Yeah. yeah. He, he gave Toronto like a thumbs right, up. Like right. obviously there's like an intermediary thing going on there where it's like, yeah. yo, Wancho's
0: cool. Yo, Toronto's cool. You guys should hook up. For sure. Day. For sure. Like, yeah, exactly. They definitely seeked out. Yeah. You don't think about it on that perspective. You just think like Otto and Wancho, like who did you ask about Toronto? But you're right that like Toronto also did their due diligence and we're like asking about these players and like, are they the type of guys we want to bring in? Yeah. And yeah, that's just felt in the gym. Like they're a group that really gets along. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was great. I think that's a good place to leave it off. Yeah, I think so too. Um, We're going to post this on the podcast network. So if you're listening as a podcast member, uh, thank you. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you. And we're going to do this
1: every every day, every day. so day.
0: tomorrow every day for the next at least three days
1: tomorrow thursday and friday i don't think we'll do a post game friday night
0: probably not yeah it's a we'll probably go out and, well maybe
1: we can we won't
0: yeah yeah we'll see well no see. promises maybe a six pack at the beach definitely no promises but um
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah cool well thanks for joining everybody uh i'm
0: sure like do you have anything going out? i just wrote something for yahoo it'll either go out today or tomorrow night it's about not on court stuff at all it's about what the raptors spent their off seasons doing uh which i think is kind of cool because we don't really talk about that stuff a lot um i'm not doing a good job selling this piece but it's kind of about how there's a lot of like tumultuous drama around the nba um and the only news coming out of Raptor land was positive. And I just kind of wanted to highlight the things that these guys did in their communities this off season. Love that. Um, cool. Yeah. I, I, I'll i write about a little bit of
1: what I felt today and put that on Raptors Republic for tomorrow morning. Do you want to field some questions or no? Yeah, we can. Does anybody have questions other than how tall I am? I'm 5'12". <laughs> He's five twelve.
0: Oh, that's what
1: that's whats that's what prompted my thought process was, Any questions? Any questions about like uh, maybe like what it's like in there? I don't know. I I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, but also like think about questions. We'll be back tomorrow. We might have less stuff yeah. to talk about in the coming days. True, you know. True. So let's let's get out of here. I think. Okay. All right. We're not save your questions.
1: Yeah. Come back tomorrow. We'd love to have you. Uh, this was pretty fun. Yeah, this was great. All okay. right. Bye. Peace.